More from residential solar consultant and stand-up comedian. He answers Patreon's questions, most of which are questions you probably have in your own minds about the mystery of getting your electricity from the sun. When disaster strikes, will you be prepared? This is Prepping 2.0 with authors and prepping experts, Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher. Online at prepping2-0.com. Get ready. Prepping 2.0 coming in three, two. One. Welcome, everyone. This is Shelby Gallagher over here at Prepping 2.0. And as always, well, not always, but I'm so glad to say I'm joined by my co-host on the show and co-host in life, Glenn Tate. Thank you so much. Hey, we have more from residential solar consultant and stand-up comedian, for real, Greg Engel. He answers. See, he's making himself laugh. He's a great comedian. He can make himself laugh. He answers Patreon's questions, most of which are questions you probably have in your own minds about the mystery of getting your electricity from the sun. So, hey, cool thing. People keep asking us, and you'll hear us kind of allude to this as we continue to um, have our show play out today. People keep asking, Glenn and I, how, okay, this moving thing. I need This relocation to conundrum. Like moving to a red state, and they're... There, people still ask us that, and, I, and I'm glad they Thank are. You. I just had I, exactly my first line to ask those people. I just had an email this week. Have you checked out redstate-realtors.com? Mm-hmm. And um, that's the first place to go. Um, that is where you can go. Click on states, red states, at, red only. states, and find awesome realtors, such as here in the state of Montana, Jared Savick. He's listed as the Montana Red State Realtor. Super great guy. He joined friend of the show. Friend of the show. Real, he joined us at our recent picnic palooza yeah. with he and his family, and, and talked to us about what it takes to kind of make this thing happen. Um, Lizzie McDaniel, she's over there in Tennessee, tell you everything you need to know about Tennessee and why it's a great place to move. Encourage you to check out Red State Dash Realtors. In particular, check out those two folks. So Glenn, we're going to talk about the barbecue that's about to happen. Yes, this will probably be our last announcement of it. It'll be happening on September 4th. will be the last mention of it. Yes. And this is going to be fun. We're having a barbecue at our house for Patreon supporters. And you can come and meet us, hang out. We'll have some barbecue. We'll have some burgers, some hot dogs. And it's our way of thanking Patreons for making this show possible. And And showing off our homestead. I don't mean showing off like, here's our completely perfect homestead to which you must aspire. No, this is... Look at our work in progress. Do you have any suggestions for us? That's kind of how it is. And can I say this? As I've sifted through all the emails from people who are coming it's going to be one a party mm-hmm. it's kind of turning into more than just september 4th it's going to be a weekend palooza mm-hmm. at, at our place um there's a local uh rodeo uh, rodeo nearby there's going to be people are coming to camp at our place mm-hmm. so it's going to be a full like woodstock for preppers in except, western montana except, except we're going to have no, clothes yeah and no drugs yeah, yeah. true See, I was, I was there until you said the no drugs thing. Uh, that's oh, jeez. Right. Lurker. Come out of the shadows. What do I mean? Lurkers, as regular listeners know, are folks that listen to the free show on either the podcast platform of their choice or the radio. We're on several radio stations in the Western U.S. Thank you, radio listeners. By the way, we don't ever thank you guys enough for being listeners. But you don't get the after show because you're not a Patreon supporter. And so you don't get really the second half of the show. And when we have great guests, like we always do, especially Greg Engel here, we we have half the conversation is on the free show and about half of it is on the after show. You also get to ask questions of our Patreon. Our Patreons get asked questions of our guests, which we will be going through um, today. Greg will be answering Patreon questions. You also get video bonus shows and you get the outtakes, which have become kind of a thing. The outtakes have become a thing. We created quite a few today. We have created quite a few today. (laughs) So anyway, just consider coming out of the shadows. Consider stop being a lurker and get the full impact of the show. Two bucks a month to start with, five bucks a month for the video bonus shows. It's not a lot of money, even in these inflationary times. It's worth it to get the information and the motivation. And in many cases, let's be honest, the humor. I mean, how many funny prepping podcasts are there? Uh, one. Well, and the, then you, there's the special perks. I know you've already talked about this. Yeah. Access to joining us for yeah. an awesome picnic at our private residence. It's awesome. Let's get into it. 
Greg Ingle is a residential solar consultant who helps people just like you in their decision making about whether to get a stout solar system for their home or bug out location. He's very practical and realizes this decision needs to pencil out. It's not an AOC fantasy about saving the planet. It's more about self-reliance and saving money. Well, great. So one thing that's happened today that always happens is the gremlins in our computers. So Glenn over here has a gremlin. So I'm going to be reading the comments for a little bit. And we left off and um, we know where we left off. So I'm going to start with Blocker. May I interrupt you, dear? And um, Greg says that there's been quite a development in the solar world in the past two weeks. And uh, because he was on two weeks ago, this is part two of two part series. So, Greg, um, first of all, welcome to the show. And second of all, what has happened in the past couple of weeks that affects this decision people will be considering about adding solar to their homes? Well, uh, as most people have heard, uh, the Astrid commander in chief decided to sign a bill known as the Inflation Reduction Act. I more prefer it to call the end of America Act, <laughs> but wrapped in that bill, the tax credit that the government's writing you a, cutting you a check back for, for a solar system went from 26% and it was supposed to go down to 22% next year and then cancel out, age out the year after that. It is now back up to 30% until 2031. Wow. So until 2031, 30% of any residential, and there's a commercial side to it, but the residential especially will be a 30% tax credit until 2031. And the cool thing about a tax credit as opposed to um, a tax deduction, a credit means figure out what you owe, and then the credit is the amount less that you owe. It's not uh, a reduction in income, which only becomes a let's say 25% reduction in your taxes. It's a hundred percent when, you know, and 30% of your system is what you're going to end up getting back on your taxes. And there are probably some um, conservative folks out there. Everyone who listens to this show in one way or another is conservative, except for the uh, people that listen as part of their job, if you know what I'm talking about. But the conservative folks out there are probably saying, why would I take a tax credit? Why would I take this Biden money? That's really wrong. This is where this this is how this country's messing up is people, you know, cashing in on this stuff. And I say to those people, and this might be controversial, don't really care. I say to those people, the federal government has already borrowed the money or they have a plan to print the money. They're already going to take it out of everyone's hide via inflation. You might as well get a solar system, if that's what makes sense for you and your family, that helps you become self-reliant and saves you money because you've already paid for this. And I'm sure I'll get comments about this, about, you know, like I'm, I'm suggesting people go on welfare. Not at all. There, there are two kinds of welfare. One that, that sucks the self-reliance out of you and makes you dependent. And another kind that actually makes you more self-reliant and more independent. So I just wanted to mention that philosophical point because I think it's important. Well, on that same philosophical point, when we all got our stimmy checks, who who here prepped with it? We did. Yep, exactly. Same we, idea. Yep, we we threw that. We went straight to cash and carry and several truckloads of number ten tins of chili. And we're that, not the only one. And we're so. not the only one. So anyway, that, that we we try to keep this all factual and and less philosophical. But anyway, we want to make that point. Well, yeah. And so, Greg, to ask you, so for the person out there, I I know why this is not good news. So as a solar um, expert, how is this good news and how is this bad news? I it's good news because you're going to get more money back, which in the end means you're paying less money out of pocket over the, the course of the loan for the total amount of the system. Right. It, it's bad news because anytime government gets involved in something like this, prices are going to go up. Yep. And they've, they've already started because now at this point, they know, you know, a hundred thousand dollar system, instead of getting $26,000 back, you're getting $30,000 back. Mm-hmm. Well, companies are going to take advantage of that. And there's, there's no, especially manufacturing companies. You can, understand all day long, hey, 
this panel cost X, Y, and Z. The other side of that is a month from now, two months from now, like uh, we're already seeing increases that are going to happen September 1st in batteries. And batteries have become asinine in pricing because there is a solar phenomenon in some aspects going on. Is it is it what AOC and the Green New Deal people want? No. There's not nine out of every 10, 10 homes getting solar. However, there is a higher demand because of the heat wave in Texas and Oklahoma and across the South this year. There is, I mean, I've seen $1,400 electric bills Yeah. that a year ago were unheard of. And then there's other aspects in there, especially I know down South better, but Snowmageddon a, a couple of years ago where Texas lost power, we lost power, everybody down south lost power, it turned into, they're making up for that. And they're not going to not make up for that. Exactly. And yeah, that is what's turned into, you're starting to see, even if you don't see it in your per se kilowatt hours, like you, you don't see an increase per kilowatt hour, maybe above 3%. There's other fees. There's right. reclamation fees and infrastructure fees and, it's becoming insane the amount of fees that you can open somebody's electric bill and go, whole. Oh. And then at the same time, you've got some of these power companies are starting to fight back. Um, down in Atlanta and Georgia, it becomes very, very situational whether it pencils out because a metering fee, which used to be 20, 30, 40 bucks a month, uh, if you got solar, no matter what, we're charging you X, do- X dollars a month to have our meter on that pole. Well, I've seen metering fees go up to $150 a month. So, wow. Wow. That's, that's what our electricity bill in Montana is, by the way, 150 bucks a month. Well, that's because you don't have solar yet. <laughs> <laughs> so before we get into questions, there. So, and we were talking about this toward the end of the show or after the last show that we had. Remind us real quick, Greg, has so it's rock and hard place so we're in between this rock of do we get solar do we not and that's a big bullet to take for some people maybe didn't say that right that's a big like hump to get over but on the other side what people i don't think don't realize our power grid is incredibly tenuous right now with no end in sight. Can you just speak to that for a few moments so that people understand you can't just go, I'll just stay on electrical. It's all good. I mean, everything's fine, right? Well, there's there's two massive sides to that. And, and the first part of it is there's only three grids in the United States, period, end of story. There's East, West, and Texas. That's it. Mm-hmm. Everything on those grids are interconnected. So if you're... I mean, Montana and Oklahoma are on the same grid as Seattle and L.A. In a state of emergency, and this is where I I drop, you know, the benefits of solar and and think of it strictly as a prepper, in a quote-unquote state of emergency, who do you think is going to get power? It's not going to be, yeah, it's not going to be the rural areas. It's going to be military and government installations first and major population centers right after that. So do you, and that's my aspect of it from a prepper standpoint is going, I don't want to be on, as much as I might be, you know, an LA Dodger fan, I don't want to be at 110, 109 degrees in Oklahoma with no power, having all of it run to LA because of a state of emergency. The other side of that is the government is only going to keep pushing EVs and electric vehicles. I mean, Dodge, Chrysler, Jeep, they were about the last holdout of we're not switching to all electric. We're not switching to all electric. And then just last week, they announced that they're done with the Challenger and Charger, and they introduced the Challenger and Charger EV. How ironic. A car uh, named Charger is now only electric in in coming years in production. Yeah, how ironic. And But you've got that stop point of, and this, this number might be outdated. I could be wrong. Somebody can prove, prove me wrong. At one point, the last time I looked it up, if you had a neighborhood and a normal suburban neighborhood and 10 houses in there, and only at three of them getting EVs full time, 
once they got to the fourth, it would cause brownouts and blackouts. Yep. The grid cannot handle more than 20 to 30 percent of the population getting an electric car. Does AOC know this? <laughs> I mean, does this seems like AOC, AOC doesn't know much, does, so I'm going to say no. Does AOC know what planet she's on? I know. I, I mean, I, between her and Newsom, I'm, I'm done. Like, I give up. Yeah. yeah. Well, all right. Okay. On well, that happy note. We should note, probably launch into our first okay. question. So now that we? we know how the world. You can read them. Yeah. And my, of course, my screen just went to sleep. But um, that, folks, is what just happened the last two weeks since we last had uh, mm-hmm. Greg on. So Blocker513 asks, do you recommend going to DC refrigerators and freezers or stick with AC and an inverter for solar power systems? If you're going to stay residential, just stay with AC because the infrastructure within the industry is already built for that. Oh. Now, if you're going tiny home or mobile or yeah. yeah, RV, or what is that? What is, oh, I saw it on Instagram. It's like been popular for two years, that van life where people yeah. are taking cargo vans and making them into apartments. If you're going to do that, I obviously it makes more sense to go DC, but a normal residential solar system, the infrastructure is already there to have inverters and everything. Yep. Yep. Okay. That okay. was an easy that answer. Was easy. Wow. Yeah. There's going to be another similar one coming up. I can see it. So Upstate Hacker asks, I've wondered this. So I'm glad he's asking. I've heard that panels need to be disposed of after 25 years, but contain several toxic chemicals that make disposing them, disposing of them problematic and probably expensive. This has made me back away a bit from solar. What are your thoughts? Also, would you best protect a solar energy system from... Let me step back. Also, how would you best protect a solar energy system from an EMP CME and what modules need to be protected and what's the best way. Thanks. When it comes to panels being removed and destroyed, the old mindset is after 25 years, 25 years plus one day, you have to run out there and take all your panels down and take your batteries out and have a whole new system. First part of that is technology's advanced. This the main panel I sell that's made in San Antonio, Texas, it's rated for up to 40 years. Mm-hmm. Now, that being said, you're going, it's all going to be based off degradation and how well you take care of your system. It's, systems are going to last as long as you maintain them, just like a car, just like, granted, there is very minimal maintaining, and you've got a 25-year warranty on any system I sell you. So the other side of that becomes, hey, at 24 years and two days, or 24 years and 364 days, two days until your warranty comes out, you've got an app on your phone that can tell you the efficiency of your system. If it's not efficient, you call somebody, we have somebody out there in 72 hours, 72 hours later, you're getting your panels fixed, and if not replaced with something better, because 25 years from now, who knows what the tech's going to be like. Right. And at that point, you're basically maintaining it for another 15 years. Granted, granted, I'm 30, I'll be 32. In 40 years, I'll be 72. At that point, it's my kid's problem. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, how much of a problem is it? Yeah. I mean, that's a real, it might be a real raw, rough way to look at it, but when I'm 72 years old, my, it's, at that point, it's my it's my children's problem. Granted, if I see something in between there and I have a panel that goes below 88% degradation and that gets into a whole bunch of technical mumbo-jumbo, but if I look at it and see it or a homeowner looks at it and sees it, that point, get it fixed then, mm-hmm. and it's not a problem. But the, day, the idea of 20 to 25 years and they're automatically done, gone, you have to get rid of them, is, is almost outdated information right and it's an it's a problem with definitely the older ones that we see now so what about the disposal issue yeah the disposal issue is going to be so government controlled you're not going to have a choice of it anyway yeah i mean that's it is right now it doesn't matter if you're talking what form of quote-unquote green energy you want to talk about whether it's solar panels or nuclear or windmills it's to be honest most of it's getting buried in wyoming um, cause there's a, if you go north of Casper, you know, between 
Casper and Billings, there's solar and wind grave graveyards mm-hmm. where they're literally just burying it in the ground. Now, that being said, when you have monocrystalline panels and they get to a certain point, others still, other countries, India, China, they're going to take them, break them, make them into polycrystalline panels, and they're going to sell you back a panel that's, oh, it's 25, 75% cheaper. It's only 25% of the cost. Well, yes, because it's only 25% of the efficiency. Wow. So going back to his question, though, about CME or EMP and CME, what are your thoughts on that? The best I found out there is EMP Shield. I, I can't find something out there that's better than that. Awesome. And I am a cynic. I, I, every single thing I see, it's like, okay, I heard this from a reputable source. I'm going to see if I can find something better or build something better or do something better. You, I, they've got the corner of the market and it's, they're not going away anytime soon. It is the best product out there to protect electronic devices from, because I, I, I'll admit this. I worry about a high altitude nuclear explosion that will cause an EMP from a not so friendly country. Because yeah. I live yeah. 45 minutes from a major Air Force base. Exactly. Exactly. So, okay, we have about two minutes. So I'm going to I'm gonna say the next question. And we might rudely cut you and off. And then I might have to cut you off. So <laughs> Upstate Hacker asks, I've heard the panels need to... Oh, never mind. I've already read that one. G asks, I've heard some solar controllers, inverters, etc. can do power shaving i.e. use the power from the sun and supplement with grid power if we are using more power than the solar system produces. Can you explain what systems do this and how it works? For, so I'm just going to say in one minute, explain power shaving, and then we'll finish this at, after the break. They all do it. Almost every single system does it. Unless you, and no offense Harbor Freight, unless you buy a Harbor Freight system and try and hook it up to the grid yourself, almost every single place in the country you're going to have to be still attached to the grid and almost every single place in the country when you, there's going to be a thing called net metering and it is going to determine what, if you overproduce what they pay you on the backside, but if you underproduce what's your number one, what's your continuous rate and number two, what is your offset? And when I, you hear me talk about offset and I'd say I build systems to hundred percent offset that is 100% offsetting the use you currently have on the grid. So it all depends on how, who designs your system, how they build it, and what you're really looking for. But at the end of the day, you're still going to be connected to the grid in most places because of legal reasons. I can't believe that you could pull off a heavy concept like uh, power shaving in one minute, but you most certainly did. I had my eye on the clock. And speaking of Eye on the Clock, now Shelby has something to mention. So what we always like to give a wonderful shout out to our great uh, supporters over that you can find over on our website at prepping2-0.com. Jump on over there and click on Friends and Affiliates and you will find U.S. Law Shield. Hey, you'll also find uh, EMP Shield, Katie Armour, Backwoods Home Magazine, My Kind CBD, New Mana Foods, and last but not least... Minutemen Coffee, which is the reason why sometimes the words kind of jump around when I read them. Folks, we're going to find out the rest, of, the rest of the answer to this question after the break. Don't go away. More of Prepping 2.0 with authors Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher is coming right up. Hear all our previous shows free online at prepping2-0.com. Shelby Gallagher here. We found that you need to layer your food preps. Yeah, this is Glenn Tate here. A lot of times the hardest part of layering is the long-term foods. We love Numana foods, which have a 25-year shelf life and are non-GMO. Also, organic meals are available. Numana comes in family-style portions and in bulk. This is not backpacking food. It's family meals that last for at least 25 years. The perfect freeze-dried part of your food layering. You can get a sample of Numana meals for $19.95 and see for yourself. You will be amazed. Prepping 2.0 listeners get a 10% discount by entering the code PREP. Go to Numana.com or click the link on the Prepping 2.0 website. Give it a try. Numana.com. That is N-U-M-A-N-N-A.com. When the grid goes down, darkness will descend fast. Used to be there was nothing you could do about an EMP, electromagnetic pulse, or CME, coronal mass ejection. Now you can protect your electronics, protect your family, thanks to EMP Shield. 
EMP Shield invented a simple to install device that prevents whatever's connected to it from frying in an EMP or a CME, and it costs just a few hundred dollars. EMP Shield has been tested by independent laboratories and passed muster with the government, which has ordered lots of them. Google EMP Shield and see for yourself. And save some money. Get a $50 discount per device. Go to prepping2-o.com. Click on the Friends and Affiliates page, then click on the EMP Shield logo. At checkout, use coupon code PREPPING2.0. It's all one word. Love America and a great cup of coffee? At Minutemen Coffee, we're passionate about our freedom, liberty, and exceptional coffee. Minutemen Coffee is a nationally recognized specialty coffee roaster, offering small batch roasted coffee for the people. Our heritage line is something for everyone, featuring dark, medium, and light roasts that are bold but not bitter, and offered in whole bean, drip, and K-pods. Our liberal tears decaf also packs bold flavor for those who want delicious, satisfying coffee any time of the day. Plus, a portion of Minutemen Coffee sales goes to first responders and veteran-focused charities. And check out our coffee club for free shipping, 15% off, and the freedom to choose your roast grind quantity and how often you want it delivered. Shop online at MinutemenCoffee.com and use promo code FREEDOM at checkout for 15% off your first order. And have the freshest, most delicious coffee in the country delivered right to your door. Go to MinutemenCoffee.com. That's MinutemenCoffee.com. PrepperNet, where preppers unite. Looking to meet other like-minded people in your area? Looking to start your own prepper group? Already have a group? Join PrepperNet.com. PrepperNet has gathered the biggest names in the industry to help unite preppers everywhere. Join John Jacob Schmidt, Scott Hunt, Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy, Glenn Tate, Shelby Gallagher, Charlie Hogwood, Samuel Culper, Survivor Jane, Rick Austin, Franklin Horton, Ryan Mitchell, and Brian Duff. Our team is united. Check us out at PrepperNet. PrepperNet, where preppers unite. PrepperNet.com. Prepping 2.0 is about that next level of prepping. One of the key 2.0 items to have is bulletproof body armor plates. I used to think body armor was too tactical for a regular guy like me, but it isn't. Give yourself, your family, and your team an unfair advantage when bullets are flying. Body armor used to be expensive and hard to get. Not anymore. KD Armor, and that stands for come and take it, makes solid and affordable body armor for normal people. Get body armor while you can. The clowns in Congress are trying to prohibit future sales. KD Armor is the place to get it. C-A-T-I-Armor.com. Prepping 2.0 listeners get a 10% discount when you use the coupon code GRANT. Now, more of Prepping 2.0 with authors Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher. Thanks for rejoining us. We're learning a lot of interesting things and facts from Greta Engel, solar expert. As usual, this segment will end, of course, just as the conversation really gets going. But Patreon supporters will get to hear the whole show in what we call the after show. But first, Glenn would like to tell you about how listeners are taking advantage of something cool. We got a report from EMP Shield this month about how many of you are using the coupon code that's at prepping2-0.com, friends and affiliates link, um, or tab, I should say. And it's pretty astounding. A bunch of you out there, probably many of you listening right now, have taken advantage of the coupon code with EMP Shield to get what Greg Engel was talking about as the best practical solution to protect something from an EMP or coronal mass ejection. So I wanted to thank all you guys and I wanted to motivate those who haven't got an EMP Shield product or two or three yet because you're in good company if you do get it because a lot of your fellow listeners gone ahead and got that. So we're going to start a new feature, a little mini feature. We love to keep things fresh. And so what we're going to do is we're going to have the archive episode of the week. This is when we go back. We are on episode 199 right now. By the way, episode 200 is going to be a barn burner. It's going to be Sean Swanson, the uh, former private military contractor. And I dare say, normally this term is, is an insult, but not with him. He's an intellectual. He's the one that came up with the cartelification of America as a concept and a phrase. 
and he's going to come on for episode 200. So anyway, we, we've done almost 200 episodes. And you know what? I think he was on our 100th episode. Oh, geez. Yeah, that's entirely possible. So, but, oh, spoil. Sorry. That's not our feature of the week for a show. No, no. What we're going to do is we're going to go back and mention to you guys some of the older shows, give you the episode number and the date. We highly encourage you to go back and listen to them because the ones we've selected have stood up to the test of time. They're still relevant. And they're still important for you to hear. They're still good information and motivation. And you may not have heard some of these things because we get so many new listeners every week that not everybody started with us from the very beginning. In fact, looking at the downloads, like seven of you started with us from the very beginning. (laughs) I think Greg might be one of them. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. So the uh, archive episode of the week is episode two, which aired on November 14th, 2018. Four years, almost four years ago. Exactly. It was called Normalcy Bias and Numbing Down. It is a classic. It explains a phenomenon, um, normalcy bias, um, and and to a lesser extent, uh, numbing down. But the main focus of that episode was normalcy bias, which is something that infects absolutely everything currently. It is laced and woven in to every prepping topic. And of course, normalcy bias. And we're all fighting it, especially as things amp up right now. What's interesting when you listen to these past shows, it's kind of like watching an episode of Friends. It seems so old. Yeah. Like, we're talking about things that we think are coming. Well, we're in it now. But on the other hand, it's very applicable. In fact, that's a skill we need to work on even more now. Exactly. So, with that, Archive Episode of the Week, number two, we now return to Shelby asking Greg questions from Patriots. All right. So, Greg, the second half of the question that we ended off with was, um, in terms of power shaving, she wanted to know um, what systems do this and how it works. Theoretically, every single system should do it. It's I have not seen a system because there's I don't want to say there's a fallacy out there of being totally off grid because you can do it. However, talking about normalcy bias, your normal is going to drastically change to get totally 100 percent off grid. It is the amount of batteries that you would need to even if you can legally find a way to do this and you call Glenn and he shows up in your state and sues your power company for you. The amount of actual batteries you would need to run, say your average 15, 1700 square foot house, totally off grid is almost impractical given the price of batteries. So I look at solar systems as one, you're going to spend the money anyway and save it. And two, it's an emergency. It's a, it's a backup plan. It's a prep. It is not, is there a way to go, I pick, pick your story, totally Waco and be totally off grid? Yes, there is. The amount of money that's going to cost, however, very few people it's going to pencil out for. It. Right. And so, so you build the system thinking, okay, how much offset do you need or do you want from the grid? Because there are people out there, they just want to supplement Right. Granted, it's mostly outside of the prepper world, but they just want to supplement what the electric company is charging them. So right. they're trying to cut their bill in half and know that at least 50% of their bill is going to be X, Y, and Z amount for the next 25 years. Right. So what's interesting, as I'm listening to you answer this, there's a there's a popular show out there, I'm sure you're aware of it, that actually makes me a little bit um, hot under the collar because it's I think it's selling a product that's like what you just said. It's not really there. Off-grid living. And it's about these people that go by a little plot of land out in the middle of nowhere. A lot of times it's Montana, upper mountains of it's upper elevation mountain regions. And they build a little cabin and they have a water catchment system and all these things that are um, cool, really cool. But they don't show these people in January. You know, they don't show these people um, who haven't uh, chopped a bunch of wood and gotten their fireplace going. And or they then show I remember one show in particular, it was in Boulder, Colorado. They had a a huge like um, solar array that would pivot to the sun. It had had sensors on it. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars for that system, so that this house could have the creature comforts that we all enjoy today on 
with On Grid Living. And I'm like, that was the most truthful episode I've ever seen. So I think I think you're absolutely right. As we talk about this, when you hear off grid, the the expense is in- incredible. And then you have to start chipping away at the creature comforts a little bit if you're if you're gonna do the pure off grid living. Am, am I right? Am I am I hitting in the right ballpark? Oh, you're hundred percent right. And and I relate when the show Yellowstone came out. Right. Everybody had this mindset that, oh, we can go do this. And somehow that show increased people wanting to go out, get out, live off grid. True off grid means camping. You might really, it's camping because even having a battery backup for a refrigerator or freezer is one thing. But if you want enough battery backup to run your lights, run your you know, 65 inch TV, run your internet, charge your phone. I mean, at this point in five years from now, you might have to have an EV or you're not going to be able to get the government to approve you on a vehicle to charge your car, to run free. The amount of, of systems, which they're out there, I can build them, but true off grid systems for a 2,500 square foot house. And I'm just going to say South of Denver, because I know that mouth off the top of my head real easy. 200 your i mean your base entry level price is 250 yep not that's, gonna happen that's that's impractical for 99 percent of people now if you've got the money and you want to go true off grid my phone number is go for I, it I, because yeah it's like it's give it out yeah know, let's I'll hear come, it i'll come up there i'll come up there and sell it but it's 405-747-0120 there you go if camps. you want to go if you if you want to go true off grid, I will come sell it to you. Very However, good. understand that you could possibly buy a vacation home for what you're going to spend. True, right. uh, you you could legitimately, <laughs> and this is no joke. You could legitimately have a very very well prepped, well stocked emergency solar system and save $100,000 and put it elsewhere. There you Great. go. So let's let's Hope go on to- my company doesn't hear that. That's oh, right. I know, and so I know. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to step in and not ask a question, but we have so many. Yep, we have we're 42 go to the next one. awesome Patreon questions. And so we will speed up um, yep, the situation. The we will do less color commentary. And Greg, to be quite honest, if you could, um, not, that, not that we don't enjoy hearing what you're saying, it's just that we need to get through all this. Most of these answers will happen in the after show, of course, but still the after show is going to be an hour long if we don't, if we don't buckle down here. So, all right. So here we G go. asks, and I think we, and I, we might've touched on this. So feel free to say, yep, we got that one already covered. As AC power can use smaller wires than moving power with DC cables, does it make sense to change the power from the panels to AC near the panels? And move it as AC to where the power is going to be connected in the house. Would it, what would be used to do this conversion at the panels? The easiest, the easiest way to do that is we kind of answered that in the first part right. of it, but but call me because that is so dependent on what you've got. I mean, that is so. If you've got 100 watt panels or 300 watt panels. Or 400 watt that is so dependent on what you've got Good. and what your application of it for text me and, and tell me what you've got and i'll try awesome to figure it out yeah by the way since our last show with greg this is one sentence of color commentary y'all have blown up his phone good for you yeah good, good on, on you there you go so oregon berry who i love i know he's this a good person. guy he's a good guy ask a good question and you were mentioning a moment ago greg cost aside if you have a ton of money so it's funny that he says this right as i'm going to ask this i would love to know the best portable setup cost aside to use in a travel trailer with modern conveniences i think we know the answer well call me (laughs) Uh, because that that's travel what size travel trailer what water you're using what amperage you're using how this it's you know we've said it before this is not one simple answer this is baking a pie and every ingredient matters right well and based upon what we said earlier you know and with modern when you say the word modern conveniences you're going to get the checkbook out right it's going to be expensive yes because it doesn't a battery can only hold so much power right well if you have a true if you're talking about a mobile application like an rv 
you have solar during the daytime that's charging your batteries and powering your life. At night, how much backup, bat, how many kilowatts are you using when you don't have solar, when you don't have sunlight? Right. And at that point, you've got to figure out why, what's important. Exactly. Awesome. So, I am, G asks another question, one more. I was told it is now common to invert the power with a small device on the back of each panel versus wiring them all together after them being connected together in groups. Is there a risk of failure with adding many more of these small devices which could fail? He's getting, there is, G is granular. Well, yeah, details. that's probably what his name stands for, granular. That's, that's, a, that's a yes and no question. It has gone from the idea of a central inverter, which is you group all your panels to one inverter, to the idea of micro-inverters, which are placed on the back of every panel. Does it create additional weak spots? Yes. However, comma, it also means that if you have one panel go down, your entire system doesn't go down. The Christmas tree light so scenario. It, yes. It's, all, it's, it's almost... Does it create more weak spots? Yes. However, it also has more insurance. Because if you have a 40-panel system and one panel goes down you'll get a notification on your phone, hey, you know, panel 37 has gone down. And then you make a phone call and get it in warranty, et cetera. If you have a central inverter and panel 37 goes down, well, that means panel 1 through 40 have gone down. So would you rather have, at that point in an emergency, would you rather have 39 panels working or zero panels working? Mm -hmm. And I know as for what I sell and what I will tell people to go buy if they want to build their own, they are made in America. So I'm, I'm not waiting on a shipping container to bring you a new inverter. Awesome. It's huge. All right. So Neil Smith asks the next question. He has three of them. So I think some of these, again, have been covered before. And when I say before, I'm not just saying earlier in the yeah, show. It could be from the one. show two weeks ago. He says, judging by the previous questions, this should probably be an introduction to solar type discussion, which is the case. Many questions I answer and would be good to discuss is... One, explain the difference between grid tie-only systems and systems with storage cap capabilities and contrast with a standalone system that uses grid to keep batteries topped off, for example, a small deep freezer backup system. I think we've covered that. I but, think we have. Yep. Number two, explain the cost per watt difference between lead acid and lithium batteries in relation to their discharge capacity and life cycles. I'll let you answer that one. Number three, explain some loads that some people can relate to. For example, any device that uses electricity to make heat uses much more electricity than people realize. That's a great question. Um, when it comes to lead acid versus lithium, I'm not sure you can find somebody that's going to sell you lead acid anymore. Yeah. Just because the life cycle of them is not there. And the other side of this is the government got involved. So one of the big... I don't want to say mandates. It's not, it's not a true mandate. It's a highly suggested push towards lithium, lithium batteries. So the idea of the cost analysis is I, if you can find somebody that will sell you one for a larger system, so like that, that's the point, text me first because I'm going to go figure that out because almost nobody in the industry is selling lead acid batteries anymore. So unless you, I don't want to say redneck it, but redneck it and build a system out of AutoZone batteries, you're not going to see lead acid on any major residential solar system anymore. Um, as it comes to what takes more, that's another piece of that puzzle. Because when you're on all electric heat and you're up north, you need more you need more of a system than somebody that's on partial electric and gas heat. That just that becomes a house by house of what is electric, what isn't electric and what's run off other other forms of energy. Good to know. Well stated. Okay, so I'm going to skip the next question, Neil. I'm not ignoring you, but it's not it's not on topic, but we'll we'll get to you later. Uh, Freedom Shoes asks, and Freedom Shoes has somebody who answered as well. Uh, Freedom Shoes asks, lots of salespeople coming to the door lately selling no cost to the homeowner, full home, solar systems, rooftop installation. State of Florida is footing the bill and that we can actually sell our excess generated solar power back to the grid and make money. And so they, and again, I think you've answered this. Is this true in any way? 
And then Kelly answers this person saying, I know people who did this. And if the grid goes down, they don't have power to feed the purpose unless you have the option to do either. So, yeah, join the conversation there, Greg. What are your thoughts? It can be true. Can be. And that that is very state to state dependent. Um, I know California at one point had that to where whatever the feds didn't cover, California was covering. But that being said, there's also programs out there to where if you get a battery and you sign up for one of those programs, you also give the utility company, a.k.a. the government through a public-private partnership, control over your battery. So if they need, if the grid goes down and they need power, then they're going to pull from your battery because you gave them control of it. They will help you buy the battery, but at the same token, you're giving them control of it. So it can be true most of the time. It is, that's, I will, I'm not going to say it's a lie, that's stretching the truth. Okay. Because they're in places like Florida and California and Arizona, there are, thank God I don't work for one of these companies, but there are a lot of door-to-door salesmen. Right. At, At the zero cost to you thing, zero cost up front. Yes, you're not. It's you're not going to have a down payment. You're not going to have that. That I can tell you is true nationwide across the industry. True zero cost to you? No, it's still it's still going to be a loan. The right. question is who's paying for the other seventy percent of it, and what contractual obligations are you getting into with the government to get them to pay for the other seventy percent of it? Yep. So Dustin, this is great. I'm going to just. I know I'm just brutally going through the next question, but Dustin asks, Dustin31522, I think there's a zip code there, Mm. ask the question, which is right in line with what you're asking or talking about, Greg. I already have a large array on my barn and home. My peak power is 10.44 kWp, kilowatts kilowatts per something. It does a great job of offsetting how much I need from the grid. The problem is... And this is what we were just talking about from the previous question. The problem is that if I lose grid power, it shuts my system off, leaving me with nothing, which as a prepper just makes you angry. That was my color commentary. What do I need to do to make it where I can get power from my setup when the grid is down? I don't have a battery system. That would be why. Yeah, exactly. I was about to ask, like, do you have a battery? Yep. And it's because exactly the it, scenario we just talked about. You've got to figure out how to find the balance there, right? The electrons need to go you, somewhere. They need to go somewhere. And if you are not storing power, it is – electricity is like water. It's going one way or going the other way. If you don't have a barrel there that's catching that water, if you don't have a battery there that's catching that electricity and holding it somewhere, then once the grid goes, I'd be curious to see it set up because he still should have power during daylight right. hours. But, but that being said, what did you get into contractually with your power company? Because these power companies are not are, are doing their best to not lose money, right? And just keep keep uh, hiking uh, English today, hiking mm-hmm. rates to offset the amount of people and the amount of infrastructure. Because we've talked about this. This grid is 35, 40 years old, right? On a good day. So they're trying drastically, but you shut down a quarter mile of grid between a quarter and a half mile of grid, it's going to cost you seven hundred fifty thousand. It costs a power company seven hundred fifty thousand dollars to update that. It's, yep. And that price is only going up. So number one way I'd say add a battery. Number two, let me see what let me see your system because you should still have power during the daytime. There you go. All right. Matt KS asks, and I think this one's been answered, um, where do we start assuming a lower budget, but knowing we want to scale up, the goal is to be 100% off-grid using solar. So let's answer this question, because a lot of people I think are there. Where do you where do you start? Is it... Is it scalable? Yeah. It, is it scalable? Yes. However, and this becomes the penciling out thing, scalable to an extent, and I'm going to say off-grid in this instance is 100% offset of the electric company because and that that terminology gets switched up a lot because it's like we were talking about earlier. True off-grid is asinely expensive and unrealistic for 99% of people. However, call me or text me. Let me see if I can design it because I have done 
and let me see who your power company is. Because there are some people that I've had to tell in the last two weeks, it's not feasible with your power company to even think about this. And that, that, that hurts me as a person because I want, I, I want everybody to have this because right. I truly believe where we're going, you're going to have to have a power source or you're going to have to learn how to live in 1843 if you want to survive. Well, and, and Greg, that's the honesty pill that people want. I think there's a hesitation there amongst peppers to reach out to a solar person because like this person, of course, they're going to tell me what I want to hear because they're going to try and sell me something. But what's nice that you're going to get with Greg is you're going to get an honesty pill. Your electric company, your power company is not, won't, is not workable right now. That's, thank you. I know you hate saying that to people, but it's the honesty pill that sometimes we need. So we have time for like one fast question. So Biski asks... How do you calculate what you need to run essential systems? And we've talked about this quite a bit. Refrigerators, coffee maker, well pump, blah, blah, blah. Do you have to figure out your surge watts and running watts? I don't like not knowing this or which resources I should be looking at, which is what I'm just talking to. People are, appreciate having kind of an, a person that's going to give them the, the truth of the matter. So um, go ahead, Greg. Short answer, yes, you need to know your surge watts and your running watts. Medium answer is call me because do you have a KitchenAid, KitchenAid commercial refrigerator in, a, in your house or do you have a mini fridge? They're, they're drastically different power consumptions. Right. How many deep freezers do you and, have? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I, you, you can tell an average, average 1,500 square foot house around where I live, most of these people, most of these, we're in the country. They've got four or five deep freezers. Well, that's a totally different power Power, power requirements and somebody that's got one deep freezer and a mini fridge that lives in an apartment. Right. That's, that's tech, text me. <laughs> exactly. Well, and then uh, kind I, of what we were talking I, about earlier too. If you, are you running heat? That's a huge power suck too, All right? Is all of those, yeah, yeah you need to know. Yeah. So um, it, is, it is a very ahead. complicated process. So Greg, so we're not going to, I'm going to give you a second here to um, kind of tell people how to reach that, how they can reach you to ask these questions. And this time we can do it slowly and take a deep breath because we're going to wrap up, wrap this up and head into the after and show. Go exactly. Ahead. There'll be way more good stuff in the after show as usual. Um, the easiest way to reach me is to honestly text me because I, email is great, but I, I think I have 700 unread emails right mm -hmm. now. But the easiest way is to text me or call me. My phone number is 405-747-0120. If I don't answer or I answer and I get distracted, I'm sorry, I have an absent-minded brain. Text me again. You can also, if you use Signal, my phone number will pop up in Signal too. Oh, very good. So, folks, encourage you to, many and many of you have, reach out to Greg. He'll give you the the honest not salesman scoop on your particular needs for solar and and tell you the give you the truth pill which is great so folks we're going to take this into the after show but we always want to leave you with that very poignant quote from benjamin franklin failing to prepare is preparing to fail folks have a great week you've been listening to prepping 2.0 with authors glenn tate and shelby gallagher all the information you've heard today, including all our previous shows, is online at prepping2-0.com. Find out more about Glenn's books at 299days.com and Shelby's books at agreatstate.com. Until next time, be smart, be safe, and be prepared.